0: Hello everyone, my name is Jason Ramirez, and welcome to the Hitlist Podcast, a podcast where me and the guests cross off films from our watch list and discuss them. This is season 5, episode 10, and today I'm joined by editor and producer Tutia Bruja, Bex Carlos. Welcome Bex, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, Jason. I love movies, so I'm super excited to be here.
0: So before we get started, I have a couple questions for you. My first sure. question I ask everyone on the show. What are your viewing habits when you sit down to watch a movie? Do you stick to your favorites or do you watch something new?
1: So I don't feel like I always have the attention span to watch new things. Uh, You know, like I think that that's sort of a curse that I'm dealing with. But uh, I do really like rewatching things. And I think that it's nice to see things with like a new set of eyes. And so sometimes you catch things that you don't like catch the first time or the second time so and I, I also read recently that that's like a sign of anxiety because you know <laughs> what's coming so I'm like ah.
0: yeah definitely my second question for you is what's something about you that people wouldn't know
1: mm, that probably I'm an introvert you know I uh I work in audio I talk a lot I I a lot of my work revolves talking to people but i really find the most like comfort when i'm by myself and can recharge
0: i think people get the same thing about me i remember one time when i was still an undergrad um i told someone like yeah i'm an introvert and she's like wait but you're so you're so able to do like a presentation whatever i'm like yeah because i rehearse i rehearse that i rehe- every single speech i give i rehearse so i don't look like an idiot and it, but apparently no one else does it no one else i went to school with rehearsed I guess they just like oh I'm just gonna wing it no 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 it's not just a speech it's practice sir practice ma'am practice friend
1: yeah no and honestly it's important to practice like I think that people there are people who can totally wing it and they're you know then they're very talented in that way but I at least have to have notes or an outline of what I'm trying to say otherwise it just It's all jumbled and I just feel like I make no points or I go on tangents.
0: Yeah, that's something I have a habit of doing on this podcast. I'm trying to cut that down. So lately, I've been doing a better job um, both in producing this as in like recording this and also in post-production where we go off on huge tangents, but you're not going to hear it because it's not related to the the podcast. Uh, Speaking of podcast... Let's get back to this one, which is a film discussion one called The Hitless Podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing Volver. Volver is a 2006 Spanish comedy drama film written and directed by Pedro Almodovar. Revolving around an eccentric family of women from a windswept region south of Madrid, Penelope Cruz stars as Ramonda, a working class woman forced to go to great lengths to protect her 14-year-old daughter, Paula. To top off the family crisis, her mother Irene returns from the dead to tie up loose ends. The film features an ensemble cast that includes Penelope Cruz, Carmen Maura, Lola Dueñas, Blanca Portillo, Johanna Cobo, and Chuz Lamperev. This film was on Bex's watches. Bex, why was this film on your list?
1: Okay, so I've been very into my like years that I was in college and just processing a lot of that stuff. And I took an international film class and it was actually one of the films we were supposed to watch. And typically I was so good at doing my homework and being on top of stuff, but for whatever reason, that's the one film I didn't watch. So I was like, this is my redemption arc. Like this is finally <laughs> This is finally doing something I was supposed to do. And also I just really love Pelter Aldemar. Like his his films, like I love that the constant themes of like strong women and like weak or just very like undesirable men like their character traits and stuff and you definitely see this that in this one as well.
0: Right, right. That's that's something I also noticed as well and this isn't my first introduction to him. It's the first movie I've seen of him, but my film professor from my community college who happens to have his own podcast and I used to promote it. He did an episode on parallel mothers which is another Pedro Almodovar movie that came out, I believe, in 2021 that also starred Penelope Cruz. And that's what kind of got the whole the the director's work in my radar. And speaking of like the film class, I I took only one, you know. And I, I think that was just enough for me because literally your homework is to watch a movie, right? Your homework is to watch a movie for like one movie a week, write down what you thought about it, Write down like what you learned or whatever and then go to class for a discussion and that was it. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. And it's it, it's kind of hard to miss a movie for like one week, you know. I missed one, but it was literally the last week of school, and it was for the matrix. And I'd already seen that so many times. So I was like, you know what? That's fine. But I like how this is your redemption arc, Bex.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. You you allowed it to happen, so
0: so what did you think?
1: So it's interesting, right? Because I feel like the movie that I was expecting was very different than what I got. Um, In the sense that for whatever reason, I think that I had thought that it was like the whole kind of dysfunctional family was going to help her in like the <laughs> process and hiding. And like, there are definitely scenes where you like, oh, like the strength of all these women coming together to help each other. and And, and you definitely do see that. But it was very different than what I expected. And I feel like kind of in the same way as like I needed a redemption arc, like I feel like it only really makes sense. Everything makes sense until the last like 20 minutes of the film. And then you're like, oh, yeah. that's what, you know, and it, and I do like that. I do like films that have kind of a slow burn and like, yeah, you're you're enjoying a lot of different parts of it, but then it all kind of like makes sense. And that's definitely what I got with that, like with um, Raimunda, like you understand, like once you kind of understand her history, like, oh, that's why you were so quick to not even ask questions mm-hmm. when that happened to your daughter, you know, like you just jumped into action. And um, I mean, there were a lot of like things that I found amusing, right? Like the fact that uh, her sister's name is Soledad and she's <laughs> alone all the time you know like that was not lost on me like there there there's so many things that were just so in your face but until it was explained you're like oh shit like that's so funny
0: yeah i i saw the trailer right before watching the movie i didn't i didn't know what to expect either and i think that's kind of what's the great part about this movie i did the trailer did a very good job of not not revealing anything you you kind of know that her mother returns from the dead but you're not sure exactly how and in what way even the daughters are confused like so are you like a zombie or oh you never died (gasps) and then and then revealing like the stories that they someone discussed like a backstory is connected to like what's happening in the overall and the thing i like about this movie there's a lot of things i like about this movie um spoiler alert i really like this movie (laughs) Um <laughs> it reminded me of this show called Pushing Daisies. Have you ever seen that show?
1: Yes, I love that show. Yeah.
0: It it had like that fairy tale essence to it, I guess because of the color and because the cast was so good, you know, because like it just I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna quote Harry Styles right here. It just felt like a movie, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the second thing I really like about this movie is that there's enough material here to have two different movies right because there's the plot line of Ramona trying to protect her daughter from going to jail and there's a second plot line of Ramona's mother coming back from the dead and hiding from her because she doesn't want to upset her and she's trying like, to like tie up loose ends that's enough material to have two different movies but somehow pedro made it work i don't know how he did it but i respect him for it you know all, all the more
1: Yeah, no, and I'm really glad that you said that, because that's so true. This could have been easily two films if they would have wanted it to be. And, you know, throughout the course, until you kind of like, find out why the the estrangement between mother and daughter, right? Like, you're sort of like, why is it so difficult for her to, you know, she's, she's shown herself to the granddaughter, she's shown herself to her other daughter, she shows herself to all these strangers, like, so you're kind of just like, well, what is going on? So then when you find out, you're like, that makes so much sense. Of course, like, of course, that's the, you're here to make amends. And there's also like, you know, I think as a parent, I'm not a parent, but just, (laughs) you know, thinking, uh, I'm sure it's hard at times when you know, you fucked up, and you should have been there you know to like then have to like own up take accountability and whatever happens happens right like that that was something that i was just like you know people our parents are people and you know i've been thinking about this a lot too our parents are people and they did the best with what they could and what they knew yeah and so i don't know it's it's sort of just one of those it's like well at least my family's not that dysfunctional you know <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's something that I also realized as a grown owner. Like, my parents always say, like, um, you know, people are, like, talking really good about you, and it makes us proud of you. And I feel like we did a pretty good job. I'm like, I think you pretty... Talking really mad about yourselves, huh? That as I've seen other people um grow up into the adults that they became, and I see how they raised their own children, I'm like, oh, I guess they did do a pretty good job with what they had and what they knew. Uh, Like, as much as, like stuff's not working out for me i think i turned out all right like just a little bit you know
1: (laughs) sometimes it takes perspective too like i feel like the older i get and the more i hang out with a lot of my extended family because we're the first generation in uh the united states on my mom's side so whenever i hang out with like a lot of them i'm like oh wow like it could have been so much worse you know and because it's just you know people do the best with what they have and the opportunities they have and some people are okay with what they have, you know, like they don't want to seek out more. And I don't know. I think it's just people are complicated. That's what I keep figuring out, you know?
0: Yeah. And that's why I, a long time ago, I stopped thinking like, man, if only my dad did, went to that job instead of this job, we wouldn't have struggled. But thing is, he couldn't predict the future. No one can. You know, it's like the same thing as saying like, man, if only I invested in Bitcoin five years ago, I would have been a million right now. Well, you didn't right. know that at the time. You know, like you thought Bitcoin was just like a toy that you got out the internet. You didn't know, you know, and you did what you, you did what you could with what you knew. Yeah, that's just a little life lesson for you guys. From
1: Yeah, you know, sometimes yeah. dropping wisdom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what else did you like about this movie? I think my the third thing I really liked about this movie is that it's all women and the men barely had any lines at all. And it it was like a refresher for me you know?
1: Yeah. Well, so that, that was something I really enjoyed. And I'm going to assume that you're of Hispanic or Latin heritage because of your last name and whatnot. But (laughs) I don't know. I think that sometimes, right. Like, because I'm Mexican American and, uh, you don't always think about like, like, yeah, we got the language and stuff from the Spanish, but it's like, what else did we get from them? You know? And, (laughs) you you see that, like that strong mother figure, you know, like the, the focus on family and like, you see a lot of those parallels. So I feel like it's, it was really interesting. It's like, yeah, okay. Well, like, this is something we also got from the Spanish. Um, And you had mentioned earlier as well, the color, it's such a colorful film Mm -hmm. Um, for such a dark movie. It's just so well illuminated.
0: Yeah. It's, I've made the, this same complaint over and over again on this podcast. So modern movies, um, I guess, movies that have been happening in like the past decade and this decade as well, because they're so worried about being released on time and on budget, they don't incorporate the use of extras as much anymore as they used to, and. Mm-hmm that's another thing i like about this movie it feels lived in you know it feels like the real world because the they use extras in this film they use actual locations and the extras aren't just like standing around doing nothing they're not doing they're actually incorporating them into the scene so that it feels like an actual community and i think the other movie that's done this that i've noticed because it was just so good was jaws like if you've seen that movie when the sheriff is driving around through town, when he goes into the general store, when he goes everywhere, the people in that town feel like an actual community of people. They have they're having like conversations that like people in a small town would have. Like, hey, what happened to my rake? Where's my rake? You know, I don't think they said something like that in Jaws, but it's I think you know what I mean. Yeah, it's just yeah. the, the use of, the use of extras right here was done very well, and it felt like it was an actual lived in world. You know, it didn't feel hollow. You know
1: yeah and and a scene that really incorporates that or how like the extras kind of kept everything going were the scenes with uh Raymunda working at the restaurant yes because it's like this becomes okay like i'm working here you know whatever whatever and like you see the people interacting the crew after you know every day that like filming has ended for this like film crew and they really help like move the story along you have people like you know, and it just seems like a very authentic experience. Like people are playing instruments and people are doing that. And I will say that that's something I, I learned to appreciate through that class is like most of the time, more often than not, European cinema is a lot more focused in the storytelling, how it looks, like uh, all of the mise-en-scene, if you will, to <laughs> bring out some of those terms. Like it's a lot more thought out. Whereas, like, here in the United States, like, because of Hollywood and it just seems like it's profit, 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 like, bottom line, there's so many things that are missed. Like, I can't tell you the number of times I've seen a film and I start, like, almost, like, a tally of all the times that, like, things don't add up like this person was like how could they be doing that or that's not continuous you know and i'm just like oh my god i almost wish that someone would give me a job like to be like you did this in a different episode like be the person who takes notes like in shows too i especially noticed that like i don't know through like just someone you know dropping the ball or not i think realizing it's like a script
0: it. supervisor i think that's the name of the job script supervisor
1: yeah, but it just seems like sometimes certain continuity things like aren't followed through and it's just like whoever it is is dropping the ball, you know, like it just seems like you're not following the story close enough. If I have only seen it like two or three times and I'm not working that close and I can notice where you dropped it, <laughs> how can't you, you know, but I guess that's that's not a fair assessment because there's so many things happening on yeah. a movie set, you yeah. know, that it's hard to to keep track.
0: Yeah, and. I completely understand. That as a filmmaker myself, there have been times where, like, I messed up. I'm like, oh, why didn't I catch that? It's because there's so many things going on, and it doesn't get better with a bigger budget, with more people involved in the in the crew because that's just more people to manage, you know. Uh, but yeah. it, it does get funny sometimes with some shows, like with Game of Thrones, when that coffee cup was still left there in the shot, and it looked like the nearest Targaryen went to Starbucks she had the copy couple it was like right there. It was right there. <laughs> and then later on, once it was after it aired the day after they removed it in post, so you can't see anymore like when it airs. But I just found it so I just find it so hilarious but, like those small things he get, get caught. Second one is like when that that um sound guy was shown in the Mandalorian. He was like behind a door. He has like a gray shirt, gray t shirt and jeans. And he's just like behind the door. You don't see his face, but you see him in the shot.
1: Sure. But I guess, like, you know, it's just one of those things, like you said, there's so many things going on, like, it's hard to keep track of everything. But it just seems so strange to me, too, because typically when things are filmed, they're filmed with, like, different angles. So you would think at some point you would catch it. But, you know, what do I know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Who was your favorite character in this film?
1: Um, I think I really enjoyed Agustina. I like because she knew that something was up, right? And she's just trying so hard. And I mean, she makes some questionable choices, you know, <laughs> to try and like uncover that. Like I, I will say that the the whole being on that show was sort of out of left field because I know she yeah. had talked about like, "Oh, they want to talk to you about potentially being on this show," but the way that it sounded was more of like a news outlet as opposed to like like a trashy TV yeah. show kind of thing so that was sort of like very unexpected and then the fact that instead of like I think she also realized like I can't really do this because if I do this it's going to ruin my relationship with these people and she just like walks off but I really liked her character also I'm a big stoner myself so I always <laughs> feel like I uh <laughs> bond and so the fact that she's like do you want some and she, they're like no she's like I grew it myself you know it, <laughs> it, it's great and I'm just like oh my god that's me <laughs> that's me Always a pusher. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, she, she was a really good character. I really liked her. I felt, I didn't think she would have like that big of a role. I thought she would just be like their neighbor. And then she wouldn't be in as, as involved. But you kind of learned that it was a small town that they grew, grew up in, you know. And yeah. everyone knows each other. And so she she's actually a large part in the story. I would say my favorite character, because um, I'm a guy, I really liked um, Raimunda. Um, not just because of her looks, but because she was, because Penelope Cruz did such a good job with her, and I guess because I have some sort of attachment to Penelope Cruz because she was a Natural Libre, and I I've watched that movie so many times since I was a kid, and I just I just love seeing her like play like a different character than I'm used to, and she did a really good job with that. The way she was so committed to protecting her daughter, because she went through something very similar as well. Ah, loved it.
1: Oh no. She definitely sold that character. Like she, it's not that she's not my favorite For because like, like you said, Penelope Cruz is great. Um, she's very believable in that role. She's very likable in that role. Even though all of this is like happening, you, you sympathize with her, you get it. And then at the end, you totally like, you're like, well, fuck yeah, of course. Like, I don't know. I think that that was something that really changed my opinion of her too, because it's like, you see that like, without asking any questions, she's like, Paula, I got you, you know, like, and, and, That's awesome. But then when it kind of makes sense, it's like, well, you're doing it because I'm a big fan of the saying, be who you needed when you were younger. And she was being that for her daughter. She needed a mom who like listened to her and like, you know, was going to protect her. And she did that.
0: Yeah. I just remember that. Like, duh, of course, you're right. (laughs) She needed. Yeah, she definitely needed a mom when that happened. And then she became that mom. So she did that's like some growth, you happy, you know. Growth.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Did you notice one thing that I pointed out that they had talked about just very briefly, how the town, the little pueblo that they were from, had the highest rate of insanity.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. And I was like, that's so funny because like the theme of like mental health and like stuff like that is definitely a theme in a lot of his like films. So I'm like, Oh, that's that's funny.
0: i didn't know that yeah
1: yeah well he has another film that's called women on the verge of a nervous breakdown Mm -hmm. and just sort of it's interesting right because like recently i was talking to a psychiatrist and uh a thing that a lot of latin people share spanish people too that we share is that like when when someone goes to seek mental health um treatment or whatever they will ask them, oh, do you have a family member? Do you have someone in the family member, uh, you know, a family member that's kind of off? And they're like, no. Well, actually, now that I think about it, and there's always that one loco or loca, and they're like, you know, they're single. They they didn't really, like, do, like, a whole lot. They stayed very close to home. Like, you know, they're whatever, whatever, and all these things And I was just like, oh, so we all have that. So I just thought that that was, like, I'm a big, like, divine timing and things are supposed to happen when they happen so it was like i have that recording and then i watched the movie i was like oh shit i guess that is something that we a lot of us share it's like when you're
0: (laughs) younger and you hear all these stories about family members that like kind of like went off the deep end or they did something that's like out of character or something you just wonder like wait why and then you grow older and you see a pattern not just among your family but among your extended family like your uncles aunts and cousins you're like huh I think we have a shared mental illness here or like a shared trauma, but none of you guys are willing to admit it.
1: <laughs> well, in case like, this is something that I recently like is has been shocking my brain. So it's like when your, your mom's mom, your, your maternal grandmother was pregnant with your mother, right? Like sh- your, she, your grandmother or whatever your mother, let's say your mother to start. So, when your grandmother was pregnant with your mother, she had all of the eggs that would eventually become you and your siblings. So it's like sometimes, even though you don't realize it, like you don't have that memory, you felt what they felt. And so that's why like generational trauma gets passed down in the blood. So think about it like this. If that was just you know your one sibling, one whatever, your or one one aunt, one whatever. All of their children that's all like shared it is all shared so it's like literally passed down in the blood isn't that fucking wild Bro. The man was too stunned to speak
0: <laughs> this makes so much more sense now <laughs>
1: like i literally everyone who listens to this podcast like and i know i kind of explained explained it in a convoluted way but like that's the general thing is like it all comes from our maternal a lot of the times from our maternal grandmother so it's like a lot of that trauma a lot of that shit it it gets passed down so
0: i understand now
1: but no, I mean, generational trauma, and this this film is definitely an example of generational trauma, you know, like, and I think that that's the thing that we don't, we did get that from the Spanish, which is not a good thing. Um, we don't always talk about our shit, right? Like, like, and we are so used to, let's put everything under the rug, like, we don't deal with it. If we don't talk about it, we don't have to deal with it. Like, and it's like, that just... Creates more frustration that is still in the blood that then gets carried on to the next generation, and I think that that's also why like a lot of us like not to say I'm young, but like a lot of the younger generations are like, no more, like we gotta work through this <laughs> like because we've just inherited so much of the you know like mental instability, like the and and we're just sick of just like living like everything's fine, you know
0: yeah, for sure, for sure. Is there anything else you want to talk about the movie? I think we kind of discuss everything.
1: Um, I mean, I yeah, I think we covered everything. Um, the one thing that I was like, because I have you ever been to Spain?
0: No, and this movie, like, affirmed my decision to go. Like, it's like the it was like the final push for me to take that trip next year. You know,
1: you should go, but I will warn you, um, because make sure that you always have hand sanitizer or soap Uh, and and or toilet paper or wet ones because i went circa 2018 i I called it my tour de colonizer because i went to uh italy spain and france and that was and that was i mean you know it's like truly truly the tour de colonizer but um you know that was the thing that i was just like listen Like, you know, when I go to Mexico or other, like, countries that are more developing, I'm like, okay, like, you're gonna have to pay to use a bathroom to have toilet paper. Like, that's something you're gonna have to deal with. But in Spain? You're telling me in Spain, I, you guys don't have toilet paper? Like, like, you know what I mean? So just like, and maybe it's because it was public restaurants. I don't know. But I'm just mentally prepping you for that. Better okay. to be prepared than to get there and not have toilet paper.
0: That's a very this good tip. This is me tip. looking
1: out for you. <laughs> that's a
0: very good tip. That's like, that's like life-saving right there. That That's something I You're know welcome. that the United States did better than the European countries like, although we don't have universal health care, we do have public restrooms that are free and are usually supplied with toilet paper. They may not be good toilet paper, but it's toilet paper and it's there most of the time. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, that's
1: just me looking out for you. <laughs> Thank you. I,
0: I appreciate that. I truly do. <laughs> I truly appreciate that. Um, but yeah, you're saying what was what was the reason behind like, have I ever been to Spain?
1: Oh, um, just the, the, the reason I asked that was just, uh, the seeing aspects of the culture are like, and you might think that's like, it's not going to hit you, but it is interesting. Cause one thing that was like, that really kind of, for whatever reason, like hit a nerve, I was like, Oh, what's that? And they're like, Oh, that's a tortilla. I was like, that looks like a frittata. What you mean? Ah. And they're like, and you know, so it's just like, mentally prep yourself because it is kind of strange to like interact with people who many, 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 you know, whatever were kind of like responsible for like, you know, the colonization of, and so it's, it's just interesting to see like the nuances, right? Like the things that we do have from the culture as opposed to the things that we don't have. So, and that was, I think why I was also glad that I watched this film, like after going to Spain after doing all this, because like, had I watched Volver, there, I'd be like, oh, they have all those, like, fans. They must be so clean, you know? And then uh, I went there and I was like, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. And so, you know, don't let the films lie to you. It is very beautiful. It is very scenic. The cleanliness could be better. It's mid, at best. Ah!
0: Uh, <laughs> <mid. laughs> that, that's hilarious. I was gonna say something. Oh, yeah. Um, This is something I'm I will defend until my dying breath. Spain Spanish sounds weird. And it, like, I there is this one Instagram reel of this one Spanish girl. She went into her car. She's like, Phew. and it cut to, like, a Latino guy. He's like, guys, I don't, I don't, I think this is your call to action because we don't make fun of Spain Spanish as much as we should. So if you haven't done it yet, make fun of your local Spanish guy for his Spanish. I was like, finally, a call to action. (laughs) A call to arms.
1: (laughs) But it's true that we don't criticize it. And then I will. Do you speak Spanish?
0: Yes. Si. Okay.
1: Si, si. Okay. Okay. So something I will get prepared for the patronizing. Hablas español muy bien. Hablas español. Because that had me fuming at times because I was just like. But at the same time, when Mexicans try to be really like, well, we don't understand what you're saying. I was able to be like, well, they understood me in Spain. So what's your problem? Uh, You know, so because I think that that's the thing is like the thing is with like sometimes our own people were so critical. But it's like, why do we give so much grace to the Spanish? (laughs) Like that doesn't make sense.
0: It's like the poor man making fun of the poor other poor man because he thinks he'll be rich it's like parallels, yeah. man. Parallel yeah. mothers.
1: Did you think we were going to get this nuanced on this episode?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not. And I'm glad we did.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't really have anything else as far as like the film, what I thought. I think I pretty much discussed everything. Unless you have one final thought.
1: Uh, as far as the film?
0: Yeah. It's like what you have thought.
1: I mean, I would recommend it. I would recommend it to people that particularly have maybe a complicated relationship with your mother because i think it's sometimes nice to be reminded it could be so much worse you know and and i think that this was a this was a doozy of a mother-daughter relationship you know what i mean oh, yeah oh
0: yeah definitely for sure a mother daughter granddaughter relationship for sure yeah very good i liked it hello everyone i don't have a transition for this but count this as the transition into discussing the production side For those of you who don't know Spanish, volver means to return, and that's kind of like the plot in this film. It's like to return. The most obvious thing that happens is when the mother of Ramona returns from the dead to be with her daughters at their time of need. What else, as term- terms as like returning? It's a. It's like a return. She, to, return to family.
1: Return to family. Also, I liked that the the metaphor of like you know Raimunda she's she's basically had her voice taken away right with like all these traumatic things that happened to her and then she starts to sing again yes. and I thought that that was very like symbolic of like oh you know it is possible to regain your voice after like something tremendously awful has happened to you yeah right?
0: I thought that was very beautiful a very beautiful scene and I learned on Letterboxd that it wasn't Penelope singing she was dubbed from another singer. Uh, who sank for her in a place of the film. Let me see. What was her name again? Um, it was a film, let me go.
1: But that doesn't surprise me, though, that her uh, her voice was dubbed. You know, like, I, I think that that's more common in film is that they would rather just go with, uh, with the sure bet than to than to go with, uh, you know. Oh, her name was Estrella
0: Morente. Morente. Yeah, yeah, there we go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Estrella Morente. I'm sorry, Estrella. I forgot. I forget. I should have done better. I should have prepared better for this. I'm really sorry.
1: Girl, you're a star. Don't you worry.
0: (laughs) It's also concerning like the two women returning to the small village where they grew up and being confronted with like the superstitious um, beliefs that the family, like the the village people believe, which is contrasting what they usually live in like their urban city lives. You might know more about um, Amo Devar as a director than I do, but he was complimented on his distinctive quality of his ability to write female characters because there aren't many male fi- filmmakers who uh, of his generation who's able to uh, write women who are mostly dimensional and compelling characters in their own right. it's it's something that's uh, i read from this article from movies unchained something that's defined his character and made a response for like very fascinating characters in cinema history
1: That's so interesting. Well, he's an openly gay man. So I always feel that like, not always, but more often than not, I feel like um, there is a lot of gay men who tend to sympathize with the struggles of women. And I know that he was very close to his mother. I don't think she's still living, but they were very close. So I think he grew up with a lot of strong role models. So then he like just took what he saw right. He's just like, okay, well, I've been around strong women my whole life you know so i want that theme to be a running theme in my films
0: it's a very noble thing for him to do you know i like that yeah
1: yeah i like it a lot too and that's actually why i wanted to have the redemption arc of like because (laughs) i i was just like you know it seems like you're doing great things to uplift the culture and to really like you know, because like you said, there aren't a lot of male directors that specifically focus on empowering women. And, and that was the thing too, is like all of these characters, right? Like they're all complex. Um, none of them were the same, like, you know, and, and I don't know, like even with the terrible things that happened to them, you know, they weren't necessarily traumatized by it in a way that it like took over their lives, so to speak. Right. It was like, this is a part of me. I've put it in a box and I've moved on, you know, with like a lot of the different traumas that people were facing.
0: That's quite literally what Ramonda did <laughs> with the body.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs>
0: um, Yeah, like, as you see in this film, Ramonda, like when she's cleaning up the blood in the apartment and her, like the restaurant owner knocks on her door, she doesn't miss a beat to trying to buy the restaurant from him even though there's a dead body in her kitchen and she's like hey so how much she selling that restaurant for like lady and when she has the body in the freezer a guy like a local crew member i think he's like the assistant director or whatever comes by and says like hey can we eat food here and she's like oh yeah go ahead like not even asking for, for permission just go ahead and just take in the hustle like she's all about the grind man she's all about the grind
1: Uh, I actually want to point out another thing with the scene with the restaurant owner. Did you, the fact that she has blood on her neck and he's like, did you cut yourself? And he was like, woman troubles. And I'm like, what the fuck, bro? What do you mean woman troubles? You didn't ask anything beyond this. How do you accept that as like, that's a reason? Like, you know what I mean? And I think that 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 kind of could, goes along with the whole theme of like the women are strong they don't miss a beat they keep going the men are kind of like oh i'm a doofus like i have no idea women trouble women bleed from their neck okay i'm not gonna question it you know and it's just like i don't know that was just something that i wrote down when i was like what do you mean that was like you know what i mean like i'm just like what do you what it was very confusing to me
0: yeah it's it could be like one of either two things like he's like Oh, i'm not even getting questioned that because i know something's up or is like or the the second one which i kind of believe more he's just a doofus and i believe that yeah. more with this film it, it was just really funny like bro that you're accepting that like just moving on from that like okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think maybe that is something to say that like a lot of a lot of people men specifically like when they do ask questions it's like oh it's just women troubles they don't want to know more so like for a lot of people that's just an, okay good that's enough for me that's good enough <laughs> you know? it's
0: good enough and i don't hear it as often anymore but like sometimes whenever i want to get upset with someone um i've heard that someone would say like are you on your period and it's like
1: why did you say And also, that's such a misconception because the reason that people with uteruses get so upset is because we have more testosterone in our body. So what does that say about testosterone? Makes us aggressive. And you know who has a lot of testosterone?
0: The people who start wars.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
0: Yeah. Okay. So moving on. So the origins of this film. So Borbett was first developed by Pedro Almodovar. Based on a story the actress Marisa Paredes told him during the production of the 1995 film The Flower of My Secret, another film set in the La Mancha region. The story evolved around a heartbroken Puerto Rican man who opts to kill his mother-in-law in hopes of reuniting with his beloved wife, who left him and broke off contact at her mother's funeral. Owning a restaurant, he leaves it in his neighbor's care when he is about to kill his victim. And he was so fascinated by the story and his background, Almodovar decided on incorporating elements of it into the screenplay of The Flower of My Secret, making it the plot of the movie within the movie based on the main character's novel in the film. And while working on the script on Volver, he would resolve to settle on a character of the neighbor, Ramonda, as the film central character, while Emilio, the Puerto Rican, would eventually become the supporting role, which was the restaurant order. So it's kind of like, he's like, no, nah, we're just going to focus on Ramonda.
1: That's so interesting because I feel like that definitely... I love when there are ideas for something that, like, over time just completely evolve. Um, Because I feel like this was probably the better storyline, in my opinion.
0: Oh, yeah. For sure. It's something that you learn as a writer is that ideas are worthless. It's the execution that matters. And ideas are just like drafts, you know. And as he worked on it, he's like, huh, I got something better for the neighbor. And look what happened. We got Penelope Cruz wearing a fake butt.
1: Did she wear a fake butt? It was
0: a fake butt.
1: <laughs> the more you know.
0: <laughs> it was prosthetic. It, it was like fake. And he he did that on purpose too. He's like, he felt like the character would have like a butt like that. <laughs> Penelope Cruz was first reported to have landed one of the starring roles in Movator, having previously worked with Almodovar in his films Live Flesh and All About My Mother. And in preparing for her role, she watched Italian neo-real- neorealism films from the 1950s. Many of them starring Sofia Lauren and Claudia Cardinali to study the Italian maggiorate that Almodovar envisioned for her performance in the film. And I learned that Italian maggiorate, which I'm still trying, I still am a little confused as to what the word means, but from, from the context clues I gathered, it's referring to like those well-endowed Italian actresses from the 1950s. So people like Sofia Lauren and Claudia Cardinalli. That
1: checks out. Okay.
0: And Carmen Mora, the star of Amandavar's debut, Pepe Lucibon, and five additional films with director, was the first to be cast in the film alongside Cruz. And her coming out to this film was the first collaboration with Almodovar after a period of 18 years and a reported fallout during the production of Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. And Mora com- commented on the character as a very complicated role to play, which kind of amazes me like 18 years this is like the first film she's working with him after 18 years after a fallout. I want to know what happened here. I don't know what happened. It, it must have been something huge that they had a fallout and never spoke to each other for 18 years.
1: I mean, yeah, because that's, that's a good amount of time. I'll have to... If either one of us finds information on that, we have to share it with the other.
0: Yeah, it's like... that. That You could have a baby and then raise it into a young adult at that time frame. Like... It's like, hey, um, how's Johnny? He was just born, right? Well, he just graduated high school. Huh, so we haven't spoken for that long, huh? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute.
0: And as far as the reception of this film, it premiered at the 2006 Cannes Film Festival where it competed for the Palme d'Or and received critical acclaim and ultimately won two awards at the festival for best actress which was shared by the six main actresses and best screenplay and Cruz was nominated for the 2006 academy award for best actress making her the first spanish woman ever to be nominated in that category
1: i remember and i think that that was the reason i was so bummed about missing it too is that like it did really well like it it was rated really well in the United States. It was rated really well in in different European countries. Like, it just seemed like this is one of the ones that people really enjoyed, you know?
0: Yeah. It's, I don't know why I didn't have it on my watch list either. Like, it, this is like out of my radar. I only knew about, it was like a blip. This is the circle right here, right? It, it was like on the edge of the circle, the blip of Pedro Amadovar. And it was like going farther away because I kept forgetting about him. And then, You just happened to respond to my message on the Discord. I was like, oh, okay. I've heard about this film. I like Penelope Cruz because she was in Nacho Libre. And I love it. I love it.
1: See? Divine timing is a wild thing. It'll hit you when it hits you.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So that concludes our conversation today. Thank you so much, Bex, for being here. I really appreciate you talking about this movie.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on and the opportunity. This has been great.
0: So was volver a hit or a miss with you
1: i think it was a hit you know like it wasn't exactly what i expected going in but it did impress and i was happy with it
0: so what were you expecting i don't think i asked that earlier but what were, what were you expecting
1: uh well i think i i think i did touch on that a little bit like for whatever reason i thought with like the mother coming back and everything they were all going to like we're gonna all generationally right. like handle this but um you know, like, I I kind of prefer it the way that it happened, because it really has, like, Raimunda's, like, arc of, like, redemption, right? Like, she's just like, I have to do this for my daughter, but also for myself, you know? Like, I, I saw a lot of, like, I need to do this for myself.
0: Right, I, just, I remember you did mention that, my bad.
1: Yeah. Okay. No, you're good.
0: Anything you like to promote right here, your podcast, your social media.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, if you really enjoyed this conversation and getting into like generational trauma and just healing, um, I have a podcast, it's called, Pupia Bruja. you know, we talk magic and a lot of the different traditions that, you know, we carry that, like, we don't always think about as magic, right? Like these are medios and fez and all these things that we do just like instinctively. And, you know, so we talk about that. Um, And just kind of like a little witchy life guide. Uh, You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'm at Futia Brujas, spelt without the accent over the I because Instagram and Twitter be real limiting. But uh, yeah, you can find me there or uh, check out my website, bexbcastin.com. I am an editor, producer, and I'm always looking for collaborations.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. So that's it for today, folks. You were listening to the Hit List Podcast. This was Season 5, Episode 10. My name is Jason. Until next time, cross off a new film from your list.
1: Bye!